Hello, summoners! Welcome to another episode of Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. We have uh, a big update to go over with the Heroic Girl tier list. Um, we've been working on it for quite some time in the Discord server, and it is finally ready, mostly, and that's all that matters. So, uh, <laughs> uh, starting off, the last unit we did as part of this series um, before the uh, shuffling episode was Brunya. She was the most recent character, so that means we have to start with Kemp. And this episode will work all the way through to young Minerva. And you may think, wait a minute, Iago is also out. Young Minerva isn't the most recent person, is also Iago. And to that I say, I don't care. I don't like Iago. I know, he, I know he's out. I know that Minerva is after him, meaning if I'm covering Minerva, Iago is also an option. Um, but I just hate Iago. Uh, Iago's dumb. Uh, he was one of my least favorite villains in the franchise uh, after playing Fates. So guess what? I'm going to pretend like Iago doesn't exist until next time. And that's just going to be the way it happens. So if you really like Iago, I'm sorry. But I'm not going to talk about him here. <laughs> so this uh, episode will cover um, Kempf, Winter, Jafar, New Year, Air, Trevant, Itsuki, Valentine, Silk, Heath, the Flame Emperor, uh, Spring Bartray, and Minerva. And absolutely no one is being left out there. Uh, absolutely not. So first off, we have Kempf. Uh, Kempf is a unit I was very excited to see uh, arrive in Heroes uh, because I really enjoyed him in Thracia. Um, even with all the memes aside, uh, Kempf was a, an interesting character to me, and I think he's one of the actually like, like smartest Fire Emblem villains because he doesn't care about fighting honorably or, or fairly. He just sort of takes whatever advantage he can get, which is both realistic uh, and kind of smart. Um, his soldiers kind of call him out for using like cowardly tactics. But you know what? Uh, if they had worked, uh, it would have been real funny when, when he, he beat Leaf and his army and uh, then had Olwen killed or whatever. Anyway, so Kempf is fairly unique uh, in terms of his units and heroes. Uh, his stats are really balanced, having only one point of difference between his physical and magical bulk, and having 33-33 offenses. So like I said, um, weirdly balanced. Uh, this creates a normal issue of a unit being just okay at a lot of things, and not stand out in any. Um, but with investment, those units all become, you know, all around great, which is good, uh, which is a good thing to be. So being cavalry is obviously a double-edged sword between uh, movement values and effective weaponry. But overall, I consider it to be at least even trade, uh, if not an overall boon. So his, his Venom Edge is a neat weapon, uh, being a 16 my preferred weapon that also grants plus 3 to defense. Uh, and it also gives him a unique position as a passive uh, post-combat uh, damaging melee unit. Uh, Venom Edge deals 10 damage after combat target and foes within two spaces of target, as well as giving them a status that prevents them from performing counterattacks. Uh, Aegis and, or is it Aegis? Aegis? You know what? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That special and Fortress Res, they're not the greatest skills to have on deck, but if you want them, they are an option. They're there. Uh, Kemp also comes with Savage Blow, further enhancing his after combat damage in America. So, there's Kemp. Uh, he was put in B tier. B tier is where we decided to stick Kemp. Uh, that wasn't in the script, but that isn't, in, in fact, where we decided to put him. Uh, speaking of units we put into B-tier, 
Next up, we have Winter Jafar. Uh, Winter Jafar is certainly a unit. Uh, he has 174 BST uh, as a green dagger unit. He has 35-37 offensive spread, which is very nice. And he brings 75 physical bulk and 71 magical bulk. I'm personally not the biggest fan of his dagger, the Minty Cane Plus. It basically just lets him heal 5 HP passively after combat, um, besides the normal uh, 7s debuff that daggers have. Uh, Jafar also comes with Death Res Bond and Goad Armor, which are nice for him as an armor unit with good uh, bulk. And at the end of the day, Jafar isn't like the most standard unit you've got. But he has his place in the game, which is more than can be said for a lot of other units. Um, so, uh, obviously, being kind of unique, he's not in C tier, but uh, he is a uh, really bad mobility colored dagger unit. So, uh, he does work. Uh, he, he does work, and uh, there's not a ton of competition for him. So, overall, we decided, you know, he has his good points, he has his bad points. Let's just stick him in B tier. Uh, not that he's, you know, deserving of less, just that that seems like the easiest fit for him. So next up, we have uh, New Year, oh boy, New Year Air. New Year's Air is an interesting character uh, unit to have. Uh, so the reason we decided to stick her here is because um, she has good... She has really good uh, stats, but only particularly if you're looking for one uh, kind of thing. So, uh, New Year Air is a red flying dagger. You know, I'm just going to start this one for Air again because it did not come out right. So, New Year's Air joins Leg Yarn from the year before as a B tier representative. She has some. Pretty common flying mage, you know, dagger-focused traits, those being good uh, magical defensive capabilities and high speed while having less stellar attack and defense. Her dagger is called Tenmari Plus, and it reads at start of turn, if any foe's res is less than or equal to unit's res minus 3, and that foe is adjacent to another foe, inflicts attack speed minus 5 on that foe through its next actions. It also has, of course, dagger 7, uh, so... Thanks to her high resistance, this is a pretty good effect. Uh, obviously, she comes with this stuff. She also has shove. Shove is nothing interesting. Uh, but she has brazen attack res and speed tactic, which are both nice things to, to have on deck. Uh, overall, air. Air is a good uh, green magic check. And though we have a lot of them in the game, most of them are not flying units and target resistance themselves, while air is able to have flyer mobility and target enemy defense, something mages generally have less of. She isn't good enough to be considered SRA tier, but she certainly is unique enough as a red dagger flying mage slayer to have a spot comfortably in B tier. So the next episode, uh, episode next unit we have to cover is Trevant. Uh, Trevant, we have to drop out of B tier. We're going down uh, to a very familiar place for uh, flying lance units. And that is C tier. So, uh, Trevant annoys me a lot. You know, he's a nephew villain who really deserves to get his fair recognition for his acts in the Jugdrali saga. Uh, but with the next one here is he didn't even have his Holy Lance. Uh, Quan has Gaibolg. Sigurd has Tearfing. Arvis has Valflame. Lewin has Forseti. All these Gen 1 units with their major Holy Blood are given their divine weapons, except Trevant. He has nothing but a Silver Lance Plus. He also comes with Ignis, Vantage, and Flyer Formation, but 
The man deserves so much more than a lance in a world of troubles. I'm sorry. To his credit, uh, in true Wyvern boss fashion, Trevant has a whopping 86 physical bulk. So not only can he take his hits, but Ignis absolutely toasts enemies. He has a pretty good base attack of 36 as well, so despite being slow and having poor resistance, he can still have good matchups against physical enemies. His performance against magic is pitiful though, and he may have been so much higher even with just Gungnir. As is, he falls into the sea of basic flying lance units in C tier. Next up, we get to uh, go to something exciting. We're finally going to talk about our new S tier red unit. Uh, the one who's able to dethrone the Black Knight. So here we have Itsuki. So Itsuki is the unit we've decided to make our new S-tier uh, red unit. Uh, no, it is not Spring Bartray. It is, in fact, Itsuki. So uh, Game Press has Itsuki listed as a uh, three-star hero, as a, as a tier three hero, I mean. Uh, and I disagree with that. I believe he's a lot better than he's given credit for. So, uh, Itsuki was initially someone I didn't think would make S tier. And in fact, when I first saw him as a free unit, I thought maybe A tier. Uh, the speed kind of had me worried. But, you know, after spending a bit of time using him and seeing how he functions, well, it's pretty clear I was wrong. I think he is a very underrated unit, and here's why. Itsuki has at his disposal a very workable stat line. 37 attack is quite good for a free unit, and his 30 speed is, like I said, workable. He comes with 30, uh, sorry, not 30, 74, 73 defensive uh, bulk, which is balanced and high. Looking at just the stats, Iski clearly has potential to be an effective tank with his high defenses and the ability to dish out lots of damage thanks to his high base attack. The only thing that may be troubling is his 30 speed, and it isn't even terrible. It certainly isn't, you know, competitive with the mass of sword and units in the game. It has to be a lot higher. So, why is he so good? Enter Mirage Falchion, a 16-might preferred weapon. That is our first new Falchion in a very long time. Uh, Mirage Falchion adds a flat bonus of plus 3 to defense, increasing his bulk, while also being effective against dragons. But then, there is its Mirage effect. When in the player phase, Itsuki receives a buff to his attack and defense equal to 3 as a flat value, increasing by 2 to each stat for every ally who acts before him in a turn for a max value of 7. This means even if you attack first, Itsuki is still getting plus 3 to attack and defense. But if you let two allies end their turns before him, either by fighting on their own or by buffing him or you know whatever they do, he will have plus 7 to each attack and defense as an in-combat buff. Unlike most other session effects, Mirage Falchion also has an effect in the enemy phase. It is very similar to his player phase one, granting a minimum buff of plus three to attack and defense as an in-combat buff. The uh, actual calculation of what he gets is um, plus seven to each, and then for every enemy that moves, the value drops by two, meaning if the first enemy uh, to move attacks its key, he gets the full plus seven buff, but if it's the third or fourth enemy, he only gets plus three, which is still good. So Itsuki also comes with attack, defense, link, and swap, which are good options if you don't want to invest over much. Uh, however, if you wish to invest in him, you can make him a lot better. Um, Itsuki also outscores the Black Knight in terms just of base stat totals. Um, he doesn't have Black Luna, which is a shame. But other than that, uh, Itsuki is very good, better, better mobility, really good stats. Uh, all that's kind of important to consider for who gets to be S tier. 
Uh, so because of all this, we chose to let him usurp the Black Knight as the best Red Heroic Grail unit in the game. Next up, we have Valentine's Silk. Where did we stick Valentine's Silk? That's a good question. We stuck her in B tier. Okay, okay. B tier's getting a bit full, I think. So, uh, Valentine's Silk <clears throat> is our second cavalry staff user in the Heroic Grail tier list. Um, at first glance, she may seem just strictly worse than our previous option, um, who was Ethlyn. Uh, as a brief recap, Ethlyn is um, E tier, very low. Ethlyn really doesn't bring much to the table, so she is E tier. Um, but Valentine Silk, we put her in B tier. Uh, it may seem like she's strictly worse. This is due to the fact that her um, her being Silk, Silk has a flat-out worse offensive stat line than Ethlyn. Uh, however, Ethlyn is a lot less dominant than you may think. Her advantages really don't mean a ton, and even though we have Silk so high and Ethlyn so low, they're both good options depending on what you're looking for in a healer. So if you're most focused on high offensive stats, Ethlyn is better than Silk. Um, I forget which is which. Uh, one of, I believe they have the same base attack, but Ethlyn has much higher speed. Either that or Backwards, I'm pretty sure Ethlyn uh, is fast and Silk is slow. Uh, and speed is very important on healers uh, who you want to see fight. So uh, if you're looking for a good fighting healer, Ethlyn is better than Silk. And of course, neither of them are as good as other options in the game. Um, but they can both manage, and Ethlyn has the higher stats. But if you're looking for survivability or for team building, then you may find Silk to be a better fit better bet. Uh, besides having good bulk for a healer with a good 72 physical bulk and a very nice 69 magical bulk, uh, Silk can take hits not every healer can. Beyond this, she comes with great team building skills like her Rapport Wand Plus, which grants plus 5 to attack and defense to the ally with the highest speed. Adding to this, she also has you know speed opening, so your highest speed ally also gets buffed by 6 speed. Um, Lift to Serve and Headline Light are good pickups when you get Silk also. Uh, I could see her and Athlon both move around on the list. It really depends on the value you give to healers and your playstyle. Uh, but to us, Silk gives more unique things when you summon her, so it makes her a better fit, uh, in our opinion. Up next, we have Heath. Oh boy. So for the second time in one episode, I get to make the funny joke about going to the large amount of um, flying lance units we haven't beat in a C tier. Uh, I'm sure you're getting tired of seeing new lance flyers fall into C tier, but Heath really has it coming. I never cared for him much in FE7, uh, even though obviously as a wyvern unit, he is kind of good no matter what. But in Heroes, I really think he had a chance uh, and was totally denied. His stats aren't bad with 35-33 offenses and 73-67 bulk. His issues just come with he is generic. That is what C-tier is all about. It is, it is all about generic units who cannot stand out. Um, his offenses aren't stand out enough to get him anywhere special. His bulk isn't bad, but it's not specialized enough to uh, be dominant against one type of uh, attacks or another, uh, nor really all that great against both. Um and he has no unique cool weapon. He does come with a Rider's Bane Plus, which, you know, can be useful if you're looking for a specific cavalry check uh, for PvE content or arena assault. Uh, but overall, Heath is just bringing... He, Heath just isn't bringing much heat. 
Dragon Fang is easy to come by. You know, attack defense push, while not bad, is only level 3, which means the threshold is very touchy. You have full health, and you can only use it once without being healed. Um, <clears throat> the activation of that's very uncertain. And Escape Route is just kind of odd for a unit with otherwise solid dueling potential. So uh, he takes a lot of investment to build. He'll basically need a brand new kit. And at the end, he'll just not be as good as other Lance Flyers that you have options as. So... That's Heath. He's C tier. Up next, we have the Flame Emperor. Oh boy, once again, we get to crawl out of C tier. Um, we're going to be following up a C tier Lance Flyer with an S tier unit again. So here we have the uh, Flame Emperor, who is our new S tier green unit. Um, we call him the 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 green the new green king. So this should be pretty obvious uh, why the flame emperor is our new S tier unit. Uh, I won't go into a ton of detail, but just in case you want the reasons and because I want episode length, I will explain it to you. So with the BST reaching 178, the flame emperor has a lot to play with: 87 physical bulk and uh, 376 magical bulk. Um, yeah. I think it's the joke run. Uh, 377 76 magical bulk. The flame emperor can tank incredibly well. The 50 HP can help with high HP skill thresholds. Uh, as an armor unit, the Flame Emperor can work around low speed, uh, which is nice since that is absolutely what they have. Uh, base spread of 25 is not the worst thing ever, but on an armor unit who is built a tank, it isn't a real big handicap. Uh, it is certainly the most useless skill on a defensive armor unit. Uh, the only other uh, stat left is attack, and if you either note off the top of your head, math out 178 minus 50 HP, 87 physical bulk minus 50 HP, 76 magical bulk minus 50 HP, and the 25 speed, or if you listen for the next few seconds, you will realize that the Flame Emperor comes with base 40 attack which, as you know, is very good and high. Now, Guard Axe Plus is neat, but it is the most interesting interesting thing ever. Um, Ignis comes with uh, at, at base, and it's a good toaster if you want to keep it. Um, Bracing Stance 2 is at 4 stars, nice, and complements the base stats very well. And Warrior Fighter, that she got... Uh, she? <laughs> Who is this she? This is the Flame Emperor. They uh, help make the speed stat a non-issue. The Flame Emperor is a fairly clear upgrade to the previous S rank man, and as such is the one currently wearing the S tier crown. Okay, so after the Flame Emperor, we now go on to our second to last unit, who is Spring Bartre. So, Spring Bartre is not an S tier. He is down in B tier, and here's why. The biggest reason Spring Bartre is in B tier is because he makes me sad. Not for any, you know, real specific reason, just that he exists. I'll get over it, um, just for the sake of talking about this. Um, so Barger has good physical bulk and can hit really hard with his base 40 attack, but he is slow and not good against mages, which is bad. His fodderable, uh, for some reason in my notes, I wrote he had a lance. Um, yeah, his his fodderable lance, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, his fodderable sword he comes with since he is, in fact, an infantry sword unit, uh, is called, I believe, the Carrot Cudgel Plus. Yeah, Carrot Cudgel, uh, which grants attack, defense, plus five to unit when within two spaces of an ally during combat. Also, it neutralizes penalties to those stats uh, if the ally is in two spaces. So basically, having him near an ally makes him hit hard and have better defenses while preventing them from being lowered. Like the opposite of a null skill, instead of debuffing an enemy, it buffs the user. I think it's a solid sword, 
uh, if you, the unit you want to put it on doesn't have a better preferred weapon. So, uh, Springboarder also has that. Besides, beyond that, he has uh, Smite and Obstruct. And, you know, while they're both um, definitely uh, top-tier skills, uh, I think we should really just be focusing on how he does come with Odd Attack Wave at 4-star, which is nice to have on deck. So, Smite, Obstruct, they're OP, obviously. Um, I, need, I don't even have to talk about them. But it is nice that he has um, Odd Attack Wave at 4-star. So, that's good. So we only have one more unit to talk about, and that is Young Minerva. Young Minerva is the last unit we've added to the list. Um, obviously, we should have Iago too, but I hate Iago, and so we didn't. Um, he'll probably be there some some other time. We're going to have to be shuffling more units around to get it more uh, fair and balanced and accurate and not so top two or three tiers heavy. Uh, so we'll put in Iago at some point after we, we get... The, the list more balanced out but for now our final edition is young minerva um and she's something i have been waiting for uh, a very long time to get um she is someone i really think fits in a tier uh she's an axe flyer in the heroic grill list who's actually really good nothing against har and jerome and or michaelis all those low tier plebs but minerva is where it is at she comes with a 36 37 offensive spread which is very nice a 75 physical bulk, which is also good. Her resistance is bad, leaving her with only 59 magical bulk, but this is not a problem unique to her, and it really doesn't lower the value of her other abilities. Minerva brings uh, Dragoon Axe uh, to heroes as her preferred weapon, which is a 16 might slang axe that grants plus 4 to all stats and inflicts a guard on her opponent if the enemy's HP is max. She also has an exclusive ace slot skill, which is like Iodi's shield, except it also grants uh, attack speed defense plus three. Uh, it isn't like the most incredible ace slot skill ever, but it certainly fixes her weakness against bows while doing so better than other skills she could equip uh, to take away her flyer weaknesses. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to build her in a different way, it's pretty easy to replace, and she has a lot of other options that will complement her power. I think Young Minerva may be one of my favorite flying units I use regularly, and I don't expect people will be disappointed after building her. And that is all we have for this update to the Heroic Grail tier list. Thank you all so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you uh, uh, are sticking around. Hope you are you know, enjoying this segment, getting some useful uh, tips and information, obviously, uh, with the constant need to reorder things. Um, and the live game that Heroes still is, uh, tier lists and units within tiers need to be shifted around almost constantly as the meta progresses. But uh, thank you for your patience. We, we do work on this. We do look at our units regularly and think who needs to be rebalanced and moved around. Uh, big thanks to the Discord server people who, once again, help with almost every aspect of producing this uh, episode and all others like it. If you'd, like to if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so at our subreddit of r slash Vyology. You can also email the show directly at Vyology at gmail.com or Iliador at gmail.com. If you'd like to chat, you can do so on Discord, Iliador, hashtag 0320. Remember that you can send us your voice messages through Anchor at anchor.fm slash Vyology slash message. If you appreciate the show and want to support it, you can do so uh, through Anchor at anchor.fm slash Vyology to show your Vyology spirit for as little as a dollar a month. I hope you all have a wonderful day and schedule another appointment with your Vyologists real soon. Take care.